Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Hello to all the race fans out there and fans of Rambling About Racing. I am one half of your fabulous co-host, Preston Lude, sitting across the table from me. The one, the only Matt Beamer. How's it going, Preston? Man, it's going great. I yep. mean, fresh off of a huge weekend of racing. I a mean, lot it doesn't to take get in. any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. The only thing that could get better than that is everybody tuning in to this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Hopefully, we can cover everything that happened throughout the course of this past weekend. There was a lot. There was a lot. There was a lot. A lot of good. A lot of good. Of course. Some bad. Yes. That we're, that of course, going to bring up. And some maybe just one of those things. But if, you know, we'll have Racing to wait and see. So, as you can see from our YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. We have made some changes in the ITM Media Studio. Slowly yet surely, I feel like we're going to... You have this all come together, and it's going to come together. It's going to be good. We got some big announcements possibly coming up here in the next week or so. Stay tuned for that. I'm not going to give anything away because no, nothing's no. been official yet. No, no, not, nothing's official yet. But things, things are always in the works. Things are here. always in the works around here, and I'm curious to see where this particular, shall we say, rabbit chases brings us down what hole and where it goes and stuff i don't know how it's some hole i guess it's gonna be some hole but how's it going buddy i think it's great everything's great good Uh, my neck hurts but it's fine why does your neck hurt preston i don't know it's it's from the injury still it's a good question (laughs) i don't know i don't know it's been it's been like this for months now i have no answers Uh uh-oh I know. It's awful, isn't it? It is awful because we we miss you at the firehouse, man. I know. I miss it, too. It's a great job. It is a great job. It's a very flexible, great job. Yeah. I'm not like it. And for everybody out there, I'm not not sandbagging it. Remember, you're right there. Yeah, I'm right here. Uh, I'm not sandbagging it. I mean, it's firefighting is probably one of the best jobs in the world. It It really is. It is. It It is is one of the best jobs in the world. One of the jobs that you're blessed to get if you can have the opportunity to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And to just do it every day, every third day, let's say oh, that. Yeah. Let's, or, let's be honest, twenty four forty eight schedule, not a bad schedule. No. I know, there were talks there for a little bit of going 48, 96. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I've done a few 48s. And but you never had four days off afterwards. 
No, that's true. But after no. 48, you're like, ugh, dragon. It's true. But, man, I'm. how else is everything going? Family good? Great. Yeah, kids are great. Good. Family's great, man. You know, kids are kids. Yes. I mean, you know that. You just have one, though. I have two. I'm learning slowly <laughs> because now she's starting to get into everything. I'm climbing. And yeah. It's, 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 it's slowly getting it. Lena's to say, remember when we had the episode – about the all-star race last year, and you met her for the first time. She was three months old, just how little she was. Yeah. Yeah, she's not little anymore. No. She's, she's getting into everything. You yeah. just, you just, you, you happen to find yourself turning around doing something in the same room, for and then you second. just hear something, and you're just like, oh. Sometimes you don't even hear anything. It's just one second. You turn around, you next minute, where's where's my daughter? And then she's in the dog bowl, licking okay. it up. <laughs> it's like, no! Wait till you're, like, doing something, and you're just like, you're, you, you, you're so used to her making just, different noises that was so quiet and you're just like it's really quiet something's not right and then you turn around and you're just like ah you gotta be kidding me right again yeah. oh yeah it's slowly getting there buddy don't worry it's slowly getting there but it is what it is it is what it is but we're glad you're joining us here whether you're on your regular podcast platform or YouTube, again, make sure to subscribe to both to stay up to date on the latest episodes and videos that come out here from Rambling About Racing. We're doing really well on YouTube. Yeah, we are. Gaining a lot of subscribers, a lot more people starting to interact. I want more of that. Yes. I love fan do. interaction. I love hearing different opinions. Oh, and I, you, I, I, and I, YouTube, I love hearing opinions. I, I, I want people to tell me that I'm wrong. That's what I like. Right. I yeah. want people to tell me that. Usually they agree with us. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, they agree with us. But, you know, there is going to be that one time like that guy, he said, these guys are boring. It's like, well, make a yeah, YouTube yeah. channel with more than four subscribers and come talk to me. And two videos. That's all I'm going to say. More than four them. subscribers? Four subscribers. And he's like, these guys are boring. Then I saw his Disclaimer, video. we have way more than just four subscribers. So We're getting better now. Yes. I remember when we first started YouTube, just how it was like, go back and watch, <laughs> <laughs> go back and watch the first episode. It wasn't as fancy as this. Uh, that we posted on YouTube. It was literally Preston and me sitting across from a table to, against each other. And <laughs> we were sitting across the table and the camera was on you and I just put them into one screen. Because oh, I didn't yeah, have this yeah, fancy... The split screen? Yeah, I didn't have the fancy dancing team. I don't and know it, what I, that was. I didn't know how to make thumbnails. I didn't know how to, And even when I started making thumbnails, they're crappy. They're getting better. Oh, yeah. I'm just progress. trying to... Yeah, progress. Slow progress. education progress, but... Hey, we got a lot to talk about. Yes. You want to go ahead and head into Hey Man? Let's go. All right, let's head into Hey Man. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at Bonfire, and so much more. Pint glasses for your beers and everything like that. Just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab. And there you can find the links to both Teespring and Bonfire. All Every purchase will help out Rambling About Racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at, at tracks around the country later on as we get there. So head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Links can also be found be found in the youtube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below again all proceeds help out rambling about race and bring you better content in the future hey man 
Hey, man. And hey, man, always here rambling about racing, presented by Devo's Outdoor Lighting. Head over to devosoutdoor.com and use discount code RAMBLING at checkout for 10% off of your order. That could also be found in YouTube and podcast description below and at our website, ramblingaboutracing.com, under the Sponsors tab. That's rambling for 10% off all of your Devo's Outdoor Lighting needs. Here we go, Preston. Here we go. The, the, the weekend that was a prelude, I feel, to the upcoming Memorial Day weekend where we have Monaco, Indy, and the Coke 600. Oh, yes, that's a good point. This is just a junior, a junior. taste of it, of a weekend. <laughs> it was a lot of racing. Two races in Richmond for the Cup and Xfinity Series. Two races at Texas for the Truck Series for NASCAR and the IndyCar Series. And the Australian Formula One Grand Prix started off like we do every episode. Overall, how would you rate the weekend? I Five out of five, honestly. I mean, we had, five out of five. We had races from all of the series, at least that we talk about. If you, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It was a, a packed weekend. It was. The trucks, let's see, I think Xfinity had gone first. Yeah, Xfinity, because there was threat of, they didn't know if they were going to be able to start on time because of the rain, because everything got canceled Saturday morning. I remember watching the coverage, and everything was canceled, qualifying for Xfinity and Cup and practices as well. So Xfinity did start on time, or I think it was a little bit after on time, but whatever, they got it in, and then you head right into the truck series race, which, you know, switch over to Texas, which... Was not a bad race. I honestly kind of, I think, I would say probably the truck race was a little bit better than Xfinity in my book. Truck race, not bad. And then, I don't know if you did, but I, I know I can't say a whole lot. I'm only 30 years old, but man, staying up late is maybe not my forte anymore. It's not mine either. It's okay. Especially with two kids. Oh. Because I feel like I'm tired a lot. You know, dealing with two kids, it can be a lot. It can be very taxing at times. I was like, oh, this is no big deal. I'll stay up to 1 o'clock and watch the Australian Grand Prix because I like to watch, you know, I can. I have F1 TV. I can go back and watch the race. So why, the don't, you, why, why don't you just do that? Because I wanted to watch it live. I didn't want to, because sometimes I don't know how to, how to talk, talk myself into just not getting on social media sometimes. Because like anytime I just happen, sometimes I'm like, I'll, I'll forget that there's a race happening and I'll just be like, oh, you know what? You know, I'll go on social media for a second. I don't really check social media a lot, but usually when I do, I usually get hit with a lot of motorsport stuff. Oh, yeah. and I don't want to get hit with the stuff and then it ruin it for yeah, me. You don't like, wanna, oh, you I don't don't want to. Ah, then I don't want to sit there and watch the whole race now. Yeah, I, I mean, and all of us have been guilty of that, and all yeah. of us have been guilty of. Oh my gosh, did you see this? I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I know you. You like to text on Sunday mornings or something. And be like, okay, well, you know what? I have the race recording. Nobody say anything. Right. Like, if, oh, it, all right. Okay, know, well, it should be a disclaimer. And my uncle and I have this, and my dad, when he would watch Formula One, would do this. The question would be when they pick up, are you watching the race or have you finished the race? Usually my uncle will just say, if it's about the race, don't say anything. I just started it. Like, I'll call you back. Okay. And I'll, 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 back. I'll do that. <laughs> so it was just one of those things you have to communicate. And yeah. social media will give it away for you. But go on. I digress. Yeah, yeah. Go I on. It's, that's okay. I stayed, so I stayed up and watched the entire race. I think I may have fallen asleep for like 10 minutes, but it was like in the middle of the race. It was not a big deal. Was, for the Formula One race. Yeah, is. for the Formula okay. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was a spot in there. I think it was between like lap 25 and uh, 40 where it was kind of just like business as usual. So it was not a big deal. I didn't really miss a whole lot. I went back and watched anyways. There was really not a whole lot to miss. I got in some sleep. No big deal. Sunday morning. You know, all was well. I didn't go to church. 
Oh. The youngest was Dude. not feeling well. How do you not go to church? The youngest wasn't feeling okay. well. Okay. She was fair, fair enough. Yeah, she was actually up a, lot, a good amount Saturday night too, so it was kind of I was already up, so it was not a big okay. deal. So stayed home, just kind of, you know, chilled out, whatever, and then I was like, Okay, cool, I got any car. So I recorded every all the races just right. in case. You know, oh, I, I did too, to because I did go watch. to I, I'm not saying I'm better than you, but I did go I, to church. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm better than you. Absolutely not. <laughs> just so, just saying that, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> I have something to tell you after I get done with the story about church. It's funny. Okay. Um, so anyways, yeah. So I watched the IndyCar race, which was cool because you get to watch it, and then it kind of leads into NASCAR. Even though NASCAR started a little bit later than you would probably want. Right. Because Indy, I think Green Flag was like 1230 or something like that, if I remember right. correctly. So IndyCar race, great. I loved it. Every second. Oh, yeah. It, I did, it's, too. It's when you're watching it, you know, I'm not a big proponent of IndyCar on ovals, but when you watch it and watch how fast they're going, well, you're, like, you're not a big crap. proponent of IndyCar no, on ovals? No, it just, to me, it's a safety thing. It's just, it's a scary thing okay, to think about. We'll have a debate later on about that. I because mean, Grosjean I'm, had a pretty big accident. Yeah, that but, was a pretty hard lick. Yeah, but there, there were the pretty race. bad accidents in the Cup Series, too. Yeah, but, I mean, IndyCar's driving at like 230 miles an hour. Open that's wheel the, cars. That's the nature that we're going to get into the debate the about this later piece. because I feel so, like I feel yeah. like that's going to be a, have to be a debate issue for us. Good race, uh, Richmond Cup Series was a pretty good race. I'd say out of the NASCAR races, I'd probably say NAS the uh, Cup Series was probably my top, and then Truck would probably be second. Mm-hmm. The Xfinity was not. I don't know. Xfinity just seemed kind of really boring to me. Overall, just a great race week, and things are falling here on set. Yeah, guys. it's just weird. Well, weird stuff's happening. It's okay. Overall, great, great race weekend. It's just nice to have. We have to count it on five races. It we had was to watch. just yeah. a lot. A motorsports fans dream. It that was, was the motorsports fan dream. I will say the races were from Richmond were better than previous years. Yes, but still not up to par for reasons I will get into later. The Formula One race was good. It wasn't five out of five for me. However, it wasn't bad. There was a lot of things throughout the course that I'd raced, which we'll talk about. There was a lot. Which slowed down the action. But then at the same time, you were hoping for something and something didn't happen. We'll get to that. The IndyCar race was by far the race of the weekend for me. Okay. It was a fun race. I like the high-speed ovals. Bring them back, Indy. And we're, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll debate you on that. I'll bet at you I win. And the truck series was a fun race to watch as well. And that's crazy, that being said, especially when it was a Texas race. It seemed like there was a lot more action, right. to me at least. For IndyCar and for the, the truck series. It was just weird. They were both great races. But now I got something for you. Okay. And we saw it in, in the Formula One race. And now I have to get your two cents on this because I think something happened there that I'm unaware of, but you might be aware of, in the Formula One race. In the IndyCar race, ending under yellow, both technically ending under yellow. Yeah. The Formula One race was red flagged, but then they put everybody back in their car, took them around one lap and said, race is over. Mm-hmm. Now, was that an issue of product? I should say product of the time limit at that point, because up to that point, we already had a red flag. And then this was the second red flag, right? This was that was the third. That red was the flag third the red flag. Race. Okay, because I I think I fast forwarded it through a couple. I have to put a disclaimer there because I think I was getting ready to watch an IndyCar race, so I was fast forwarding through the F one race when Verstappen was in the lead. So that was the third red flag of the race. Yes. So and then at that point, the clock is still going. The timer for the time limit, right? Even yes, correct. Under 
whatever condition, safety car, virtual safety car, green flag, or red flag. Yeah, once the race starts, the time starts. So the, even if there's a red flag, there's still that two-hour window that they so have So I think that's in. why they said I, it. I don't think it is. No, you don't think so? Then what no. was it? What was it then? Well, they, they, because they re- – now, I think they were quick to jump the gun on this, and I, I don't know who – why why that would have happened. Now, Carlos Sainz had turned Alonso and won, or coming out of one which caused everybody to go all kinds of different ways. Gasly for Alpine, or as they like to say Alpine, it's weird how everybody pronounces things differently. Gasly had gone off into the grass, but came back onto the track. Well, his teammate, Esteban Ocon, was coming through as well. And I don't think Gasly really noticed that he was there until the last second, and he moved forward a little, moved over a little bit more and caused them to just absolutely wreck and dis- disintegrate the cars into the walls. I don't know why Formula 1 took it upon themselves to red flag immediately, because they already started, that was lap 57 of 58. Next time around is the white flag. They could have just ended it under caution. I don't know. I, I, I think it, when that happened, I was getting flashes of like how NASCAR always does it, where they're just so quick to hit cautions on certain things. Now, I understand it's a different thing because it's a, when NASCAR, it's a caution. Formula One was like, they didn't even come straight safety car. They just said red flag right away. Which I didn't get. I don't understand because there's plenty of times where they can have a safety car. Now, I think the reason that Formula One tends to red flag some races sometimes is so they don't have to spend so many times driving around under a safety car. Right. We we saw that under, and I think 2020 or 20, I think it was 2020 with Grosjean when he spun on Bahrain in in lap one. When he hit the fence and exploded. exploded. That was immediate red flag. And that was immediate red flag. So, I mean, to. Formula One's defense, I think that's more of a safety thing, especially, and I, I don't recall seeing the Pierre Gasly accident. Oh, it was, it was, it was big. It but was it was big. Bad. But, I mean, perception is reality at that point. It's like, oh, if it looks bad, well, it was, it was, just, bad. It was just, it was bad in, in, ter- in F1 terms, as in, like, both cars are destroyed pretty much. I mean, right. it doesn't take much to be out of a race in a Formula One car. No. You know, I look at it like this. So earlier in the race, Alex, Alexander Albon, he had, I can't remember what turn it was. It was earlier, turn five or something like that. It was a one of the turns where they've actually they actually changed the course up a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, they did change the course. They changed up. up in a couple of turns. They changed the course up, and that was one of the areas where they did change it up a little bit. So it was a little bit faster through there. And he just lost control of the car, went off the track into the gravel, and actually hit the wall. Yes, they safer barrier. They have, uh, I guess, it's like a tire barrier kind right. of deal, and spun back out. And that warranting an immediate red flag, I can understand because they probably needed to make sure that the fence was okay. You know, everything was fine. They probably need to. Fix it or whatever. There's a lot of gravel on the There was a lot of gravel on the track, but to sit there probably for multiple laps just driving around under a caution, mm-hmm. I can understand. So that, that, that would mean an immediate red flag. But for them to go ahead and hit a red flag right away with two laps to go, I just didn't, I didn't understand it because F1 is not any – I mean, they're just a regular series. They're not, not going to shy away from ending it under caution. That's just how it, right. that's how it works. It works in IndyCar. Right. They're, and, they're and not – there's no overtimes here. They Right. The scheduled race distance, and that's it. If we're ending on the caution, well, you know, I guess F1 fans just suck it up. I mean, they obviously have a big following still. Yeah. F1's just like, yo, this is how we're doing F- it. F1 sucks it up. IndyCar sucks it up. And, I mean, it's just the, it's so way it pretty much the question is, does NASCAR need to learn something from this? And we talked about this last week, mm-hmm. especially after the debacle at Coda, where there, there needs to be something that needs to change with the overtime. We can't have these unlimited attempts no, it's, all the time. Yeah. Or three. Is it one and done and it, we tried and failed? Better to try and fail than never try at all? Or does NASCAR need to tell its fans, this is the way it is. 
oh well. We, I mean, because there, there was this overtime marker at the back that if yeah. they crossed it on the back stretch, and if they crossed that line, the race is official right there, usually halfway throughout the track. Now it's the white flag that makes it official. I think NASCAR got to the point where they were, they, they thought that the finishes weren't as exciting, so they were like, oh, we're just going to take the line back out now, and you have to take the white flag. And I can't stand that now. Because now you have to drive around the track hoping to God that you're going to get that white flag. Right. And because you- NASCAR, I've seen it before. NASCAR's throwing cautions for people feet from the line. Feet from taking the white flag. Oh, hey, the caution came out, by the way. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the prime example of that would be last year's All-Star race where Ryan Blaney put down the window net and go back and listen to that. It was uh, one lame night. I believe yeah, that yeah. The I think that was, was, yeah. And one, you'll see it to see my daughter Maury at three months. And two, you'll get to hear us talk about that right before the line. Oop, caution. He already dropped his win in that thought he won. He's like, uh, nope, re-rack him. He got a penalty for that, I think. No, he did not get a penalty for that, remember? Oh, no, he did not. Because Hamlin was talking about, oh, that's unsafe, and I can see Hamlin's point. No, I mean, Hamlin chirps a lot, but he makes some points sometimes. So, but pretty much just NASCAR need to learn something from that. Yeah, I think they, I mean, I think they do, honestly. It's just, NASCAR just needs to look at it and say, you know what? We just need to go back to, maybe we need to go back to, you know what? This is how we're going to run our sport. And I understand that NASCAR got to the point where they, you know, fans were complaining enough and saying, how come you're not listening to us? And NASCAR said, okay, well, we'll start listening to you then. And then we had, you know, we've had so all these different things over the years that NASCAR does. And it's just, NASCAR likes to change all these things up. I, I, I think that they just need to go back to say, you know what? This is how we're going to do it. If you want to watch us, great. And if you don't, then don't. But, you know, I, I don't know what the gist is in the background of everything. I'm sure that there are a bunch of politics and money that get thrown around for people, you know, big sponsors, corporations, or whatever, to say, you know what, we want to keep it like this. Or, hey, if you're going to change something up, then, you know, we're just going to pull our backing. In which, you know, NASCAR these days needs all the backing and funding that they can get, let's be real. And I guess it's a two-way street. I don't know. But... To, to, to your question, yeah, I, I think NASCAR usually needs to, if, if it were me, if NASCAR were to come and ask me, hey, what should we do? I would either say, look, get one attempt at an overtime or, hey, you know what? It's a race. This is your scheduled distance. If you get to it under caution, hey, you know what? That's it. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. But to me, they just tend to manipulate a lot of things, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I guess I'm just like I've I've reiterated so many episodes in the past. I guess I'm just one of those old school fans that just says, you know what? This is what the race is. If you get to the distance, hey, you know what? That sucks. Nope. I completely agree with you. I'm going to take a quote from what you said last week on the episode of Rambling About Racing. That's racing. It's racing. That's racing. So that's what I'm going to go with right there. Every series is different. Formula One's different than Indy. Indy Formula different than NASCAR. Everybody's yeah, different. Everybody's different. But I mean, quit trying to please everybody because you're yeah. not going to please everybody. No, especially if you're NASCAR trying to please the sponsors over to fans. Yeah, the sponsors will come and the fans come. Exactly. Something just needs to change. I'm sure NASCAR will finally change something where, for once, everyone's like, "Oh, you know what? I kind of like that." And then we start seeing, you know, more and more people, but. I don't know if you've, you've read the articles, but, I mean, NASCAR seems to be struggling on the TV front, and I think it has to do with, like, um, uh, streaming services these days. I mean, it's yep, it's, a, it's a expensive. Well, also, March, Ma- March Madness, I think, just ended. Mm-hmm. 
I had a lot of stuff was going on. I, I, baseball just kicked off. I think off. they did have to. I don't know. I don't know what the ratings really looked like, but I think they did have to compete with like the women's college national yeah. championship. So the Cup I mean, series did. There, there was a lot to do there. I mean, we're not the only sport in the world, and no, no, yeah. And unfortunately, with baseball kicking off now, we're gonna have to compete with baseball pretty soon. Here, we're gonna have to compete with the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, well, there's well, there's a lot to compete with there, yeah. and then eventually football is gonna kick back on. So, so, I mean, we can't have 50 or 5 million people watch it all the time like we used to be. Right, right. Unfortunately, some of that might have to do with drivers like Jeff Gordon leaving, Jimmy Johnson leaving. And I don't know why you don't just pick another driver. But that's just me. I mean, that's just what it is. Big, big thing right here. It started at Richmond in the Cup Series mainly. couple incidences involving Hamlin, Yaley, and then later on in the race, Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain again. I just pretty much put down here, still looking for respect. And I use that term loosely right here because mm-hmm. I think all of those could be attributed up to racing incidences. What do you think about that? Is, are, is, are drivers like Hamlin and Chastain once again getting the flack for something that's out of their control as far as this is a racing experience, this is a racing incident and nothing else? Well, okay, so... The Hamlin deal. The Hamlin deal. I'll, I'll tell you my two cents right now before you, you okay, talk Okay, yeah, here. yeah. No, yeah, Because the fine. Hamlin deal to me, he was going into the corner. Yaley looked like he might have moved down on him and took away his line. Hamlin was a bit faster than the 15, of course. Ran in the back of him. Stuff happens. Mm. All the time stuff happens. I want to hear your point of view on that. No, he don't. Because everybody on social media, once that happened, lit up Twitter. Lit up everything. When you when you watch it live, so the when when it was happening live, the live shot was actually inside of Hamlin's car, and I think I was texting you about it at the time. Yep, I didn't really think anything of it right at the time, but you know he went into one all of a sudden the fifteen is spinning out in front of him. I'm like okay, you know I don't know what the heck just happened there. Let's show the replay, and it looked like coming off of four, Hamlin was kind of in the middle between Yaley and I don't know who was on the outside. I can't recall who it was, but it looked like he kind of got squeezed out. Hamlin maybe had to let off the gas. Not right. a big deal. But when you watch it, the replay again, and it happens, and it looks like Hamlin goes right in behind Yaley and just pretty much just runs him straight into the corner and just dumps him. And on the broadcast, you know, they, they replayed it again. Clint Boyer goes, well, I think that was pretty intentional. Of course, Larry Mack in the background chuckles about it. I'm like, okay, no, how come Larry Mack is somebody to talk about? I think I'm pretty sure I've seen him talk about people needing to respect each other and stuff like that. And then Larry Mack's the one that wants to laugh in the background when Clint Boyer says, oh, I think that was pretty intentional. Because it looked clearly intentional. It looked intentional, but was it? I think it was. I think Hamlin, I think Hamlin just may but have gotten why? upset. But why? Maybe the 15 maybe the fifteen squeezed him out and he had to let out. And, you know, and Hamlin's like, you know what? I'm just going to let him know. Which brought me to the point when I saw it happen. I'm like, okay, now how come... We can we have people talking about respect, and we have no respect, and then you just it just shows that again people are just running each other over. Hamlin could have waited till, or, till the back or, stretch or, to pass him, or it could have been a one hundred percent accident. No, no, that I no, I, I can okay. I can understand people want to come at me and say, oh, that's racing at Richmond. No, Hamlin uh, Hamlin was on top of him driving into one. I mean, he was on top of him halfway down the back uh, the front stretch. But that happens all the time at Richmond. That happens all the time at short tracks. I think Hamlin was going to... Hamlin wanted to let him know he wasn't happy about it, and he probably just didn't mean to completely run him over. But, I mean, 
I I think he dumped him. I absolutely think he dumped him. I don't think he dumped him. I, I don't think he dumped him on purpose. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Hamlin fan. I am a Hamlin fan. I like Danny Hamlin. I've seen him win a number of times. That doesn't necessarily make me a fan of his. But he is a smart driver. He doesn't just take someone out, except for the Ross Chastain incident. He That was purpose. <laughs> that was purposeful. But I, I think every time a driver like Hamlin, a driver like Chastain, happens to be involved in some type of incident on track, everybody says that was intentional. When clearly, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, even you guys out there watching or listening to this, if anything looks suspect, as far as, as someone getting into someone, even though it's a racing incident, people are still going to say it was intentional. You could, clear, you could take the Formula One race, for instance, and say the contact there on the first lap where that one driver spun. I forget who it was. Oh, Leclerc? Yeah, Leclerc. It was Leclerc and, and what, Ocon? Uh, Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll. Clearly, it was just one of those things where Leclerc came down and Stroll got in, in, into him, but Stroll was holding his line. Mm-hmm. I think Hamlin was holding his line, and Yaley slowed down, hitting his marks, but Hamlin, Hamlin's mark was different. This is just me. I'm I mean, just, I could, I could I'm, see that. I but, could. but everybody jumps on the, jumps down Hamlin's throat. Everybody jumps down Chastain's throat, and you could put any driver in that position if it's Joy, Joy Logano, last year Darlington. Charlie would always say Logano got into William Byron and mm-hmm. straight up dumped him. I think he did too. No. He put the bumper to him and Byron went into the wall. He didn't spin him. He just drove. Yeah, but as the leader, but, you yeah. have to understand you're the leader. You have to make sure you hit your marks. The guy behind you can run you over all day long. And but it's the he final doesn't lap. Have to, but, but it's he, the final lap. And, but everybody's jumping down Logano's throat at that point saying he wrecked him on purpose. Well, he was the one hosting the trophy, and Byron wasn't. Everybody's saying Yaley got into, got dumped by Hamlin when I think it was just you drove in the back of him. Now, is everybody responsible for what's going on around them and responsible for the safety in everybody else's car? Yes. However, I'm going to take your quote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again. That's racing. And let me tell you this, and let me tell you this right now. It is one of those things where it's just you have to know what you're going through and what you're doing, and if anybody gets into anybody, it isn't an automatic, he dumped them. I don't think it is either. I mean, it's just like with uh, Blaney what, getting into Josh Berry. I mean, it was just, that was just a racing deal. I mean, they were in the corner, and Blaney just happened to be there. I mean, that was just short track racing. Right. But I, but then we take the two Christ- different instances. Well, we, let's take the Christopher Bell thing now. Oh, he he walked his comments back on Justin on that one. Oh, and he walked him back. But yes, in the heat of that, the moment, everybody's going to be put back in their face. Well, that's say, that's what I'm. That's, okay, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Okay, is Chastain becoming the scapegoat for everybody now? If Chastain's in the area, everyone starts talking about him right away. Right, and and I think he's becoming that person where hey, if something happens, oh well, Chastain was Chastain's fault. It's Chastain's fault. Yeah, Chastain, Chastain when, when clearly Christopher Bell got into, who was it? Who, who did Christopher Bell get into? After, oh, at the end of the race? Yeah, at the, towards, at, towards the end of the race. It was William Byron Right what, on that restart. Right, that's right. Well, I, think, I think Chastain may have spooked him a little bit. It could have been. I think he noticed it, and then he said, oh, crap, well, I got to go back and hold my line up in the middle, and then he probably got too hot into the corner. It's, but that's also Richmond. There's a lot of close racing. He might have gotten a little too hot in there. 
and he got into Byron. But of course, he's you know he wanted to. I can't remember what the comment was, what he said when he was asked about it. But he threw Chastain's name out there real quick. But then he ended up walking it back. I think a day later or something like that, or later on. I mean, you shouldn't get to that point. It, to me, it shouldn't get to that point. I mean, here's my big question from all of this, and, and this is really what the big question is. Yeah, respect, whatever. Everybody knows that's a big deal. When are drivers going to take responsibility for their own actions? When are drivers ever going to say, yeah, I meant to do that? Or, hey, that was a mistake. My, I'm sorry about that. I, that's, that's, it, it was just one of those things. It just was out of my control. When do you think, do you think drivers... Mainly in the Cup Series, mainly, I guess, in stock car racing, because you can't really do it in F1, you can't really do it on IndyCar, mm-hmm. going to take responsibility and say, I got into, let's say I'm racing Brakislavski. Yeah, I got into Brakislavski, I hit him, I spun him, but it was for the win. Or, yeah, I hit him, it was a total accident, I apologize to him and his team, T- totally didn't mean to do that. When is, instead of saying, well, Ross Chastain was around me and he got, must have gotten into me and I got into him. Or, uh, you know, I mean, Denny Hamlin just wrecked him. I mean, Denny Hamlin, I mean, what did he say after the race? I didn't hear his comments. I don't. I didn't hear anything either. But, you know, if he would have done it on purpose or on accident and came out and said, hey, I'm sorry, that would have fallen on deaf ears because it's Denny Hamlin, one of the most hated drivers in the garage area as far as fans. Mm-hmm. Ross Chastain, same thing. Oh, I didn't mean to get into him. Yeah, you did. I mean, it's just going to fall in deaf ears. Do you think that's why? Or tell I mean, driver responsibility. I do. It, I think the driver, whole driver responsibility, just has to do with the the times that we are in NASCAR. I think it, at the end of the day, I I think it's NASCAR that has brought this upon themselves the way they are. You go back. I know. I can't really. You know, I didn't really. Do, I don't. I haven't really done a whole lot of research to figure out when the last time somebody actually took responsibility for something in the last few years. I can't, I can't think of one instance but, where a driver is taking responsibility for anything. But I go back and I, I can automatically remember something. I can't. Uh, I think it was two thousand three or two thousand four. A race at Darlington, Sterling Marlin, and I can't remember. It was him and somebody else got collected in an accident. It was in like turns one or two or something like that in the garage area that worked on Sterling's car. I think. Sterling was being interviewed, and he said, you know what? It was just a racing deal. You know, they were racing hard. He said, it was just hard racing. It was just a racing deal. Not a big deal. It happens. And then he turns around, they go back to working on the car, and he gets back out there to get his points. Nowadays, nobody even says that anymore. Oh, it was just a racing deal. Usually, everybody's just quick to just blame somebody or blame something. Oh, well, it was the car today. Ah, I just couldn't handle the car. The car sucks. Not, oh, well, that was my bad. You know, we got in there too hot. I drove it in too hot. That was my fault. You know, I think NASCAR has brought it on themselves the way we ha- the way the racing is these days. You know, ever since we created the the, the ever since we created the new the new behind now as I hit the microphone, I'm sure people can see it on YouTube. As we as we've as NASCAR has created the new playoff system the way it is, the win and you're in. That right there is a big proponent. The win and you're in, everyone's like, okay, you know what? If I gotta win, this is my only chance to do it. Well, guess what? I'm wrecking somebody today. There's, I think it has to do with the way the sport has changed, and that's why. I think now drivers are just so quick to blame each other. Nobody wants to take responsibility or anything. They're just quick to point the finger. And, you know, they, the media has asked Rosh Hashanah about it. Oh, well, this, this person has said something about you, and, of course, Rosh Hashanah just looks, looks at them like they're an idiot when they're talking to him, and then he just says, 
I can't. <laughs> I don't want to misquote it, but I'm pretty sure he says, "Well, they haven't come up to see, to me and said anything about it yet." Yeah, and that's and that's where that's and I'm starting to think, man, you know what? He's kind of right. Yeah, how come we, nobody approaches him we, and says anything we, about we it? We talked about that last week and drivers approaching each other and policing their own. Exactly. I and, think it has to. Do, I I really think it has to do with the way the sport is these days. That's just what, that's just me. So it's more of a product, not enough drivers taking responsibility for a racing incident that happens on track. Should there be one of those feelings like, oh, it was a racing incident, instead of this person did this and it affected me in this way that I wrecked, or I did this and it affected him. But the reason that happened is because of this and this and this. A prime example. Prime example. And I hate to throw Charlie under the bus. He's not here to defend himself. We were racing VRL racing at Talladega, and we were up front. He was third. I was fourth. There were two trucks in front of him, and all of a sudden, we're coming off a of turn four, and this is a tri-oval, and he comes up and collects me. He just came up and ran into me. And, you know, I was, you, you can see it on YouTube. You go to YouTube and see the VRL stream for Talladega, and there I am wrecking. I forget what point it is. I'm market. But he came up and hit me. And Austin asked, what happened? I came over to radio. Charlie came up into me. That's what I saw. Mm -hmm. But Charlie said, no, it was the second place truck. Slowed down. I made in the corrective action and hit you. It couldn't have been my fault. It was this guy. No, I mean, when, and then, but I'll go back and say this. At, Tal at Daytona, the first race of the year, I'm sure you saw it. Oh, they're racking back it down, racking down. And I got into Charlie. Mm -hmm. I hit Charlie, just rammed the crap out of him. Hey, buddy, that was my fault. I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm not saying Charlie's right. I'm not saying Charlie's wrong. If he's listening to this episode, wish he was back here. It's just timing's not working out right now with the, guy, the, the game from Alabama here. But when it comes to that, you could look at it one way and say, yeah, you got into me. I could easily say, well, I didn't want to get run into from behind. It's restricted plate racing. But, you know, the, the whole point right. is... Drivers, I feel like, regardless of the point system, regardless of the winning you're in, regardless of anything like that, just need to put their big point pants on and say, this is what happened, I'm wrong, or this is what happened, you're going to have to go talk to him. Because I don't know what he was thinking, he got into me. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying about, about that. There is, no there is no respect in the area, in the cup garage, I feel now, because nobody's willing to take personal responsibility for their actions. That's where the lack of respect comes from in the Cup Series. I just, I, to I, me, I, that, that, that's a, you, you make a, a really good point. It's a good point. I just, looking at it from my fan perspective, I just, I, that's how I just feel. I can feel like, oh, something happens, someone's going to blame a driver. But at the end of the day, they're not going to talk about it because in their minds, like, well, that's just the product of the racing these days. It's probably going to happen again. No, it, it I'll will, just blame them all day long, but I'm not going to say anything because it's going to happen again. It will happen again. And that's the sad part. We're going to see this again and again and again throughout the rest of the 2023 season, whether it's the truck Xfinity or Cup Series, that drivers aren't going to take responsibility for their actions or just say it's a racing incident. Right. I don't know what to tell you there. I don't know either, Preston, so we're just going to go on from there. you have anything else about that? No, no. Now we switch gears, head over to Texas for open-wheel racing IndyCar Series. The IndyCar Series was by far the race of the weekend for me, and I think it opened up the eyes 
of not only IndyCar fans, but fans that aren't necessarily fans of IndyCar watching this race. And if you're a big IndyCar fan, you know that there are so the, the races, the racetracks, and the schedule for IndyCar is saturated with road courses. You said at the top of the show you're you're okay with that. Mm. You like the road course racing when it comes to open wheel. Me, I like the high speed racing. I want to see them book down the straightaway and around the corners at 230 miles an hour. To me, that's exciting. Here's what I found out here. There are five ovals on the IndyCar schedule for 2023. You have Texas Indy, Gateway, Ohio, and another track, I believe. Two of those races are run in Ohio back-to-back weekends, so Saturday, Sunday, kind of like the Pocono doubleheader. This, I think this race has opened the eyes to IndyCar, which I've been preaching on the show for a long time, that they need more ovals like Texas because that was a fun race. That was an exciting race. You even liked it. Mm-hmm. But then you brought up it's a safety issue, and I think it is because Pocono was on the schedule, and it was a, a, a 2.5-mile triangle. Well, it's an oval, but Justin Wilson was killed there 2015. The following year, there were drivers that were hurt in that race because it, it was, I think one even got paralyzed. It's a very fast track where a lot can happen. Texas is a very fast track where a lot can happen as well. You can even say the Roval might be too big for them or Charlotte or Atlanta, Michigan, California. Drivers have died in California. To be fair, drivers have died on road courses as well. But right. when, when, they, when you think about fatal accidents, you think Pocono, you think California, you think these high-speed ovals. I think regardless of that issue, and we said it last week, that's not, that auto racing, the safest way to be to keep yourself safe in auto racing is not to strap yourself in that car and race. That's the safest thing to do. But that the fact that they do, I feel, needs to warrant investigating at least for the 2024 season for IndyCar, leveling it out more where we can see more oval racing at tracks like Michigan, at tracks like, maybe not California anymore, but tracks where we can see these cars do what they're designed to do, and that's go fast. You say it's a safety issue. Is that your only deterrent for oval racing in IndyCar? Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I feel like it's just, I don't know, to me, sitting at home, high speeds, open wheel, I mean, a lot, like you said, a lot can happen. To me, yeah, it's just a safety issue. That's all. That's all it is. Other than that, I think the racing product is great. It's just, I don't know. Maybe to me, it's just a scary thing to think about. These cars are booking at two hundred thirty miles an hour down the straight, and even in turns three and four, they actually had to let off a throttle a little bit one and two. But I mean, they were still over two hundred miles an hour anyways. But I mean, it's just that's just a safety deal. That's all. I mean, Grosjean had a Pretty big hit at the end. He had is, he had a pretty big hit, but it wasn't like oh my gosh, he's stuck in the barrier on fire again. No, now, no. I'm not, every wreck is different, right? And he could have very easily gotten hurt, but if but at that case, a lot of other drivers that were involved in those wrecks could have been hurt as well. And we got lucky; every one of them got out of their car and walked away. We don't get that all the time. No. We didn't see. We saw it at the truck race. Everybody got out of their cars with that big wreck on the front stretch, but they didn't necessarily walk away. One was in the stretcher. Yeah, Dean Thompson, you know. But that's the product of racing. 
You that know, is true. it's like being a fighter pilot and not getting shot at. Better, better example here. <laughs> better example. I'm not a fighter pilot. It's like being a firefighter and saying, that's a cool job, but I don't want to go into a fire. Okay, I, I get it. This you, is the risk you take. You know the risk when you sign up for the job. Mm-hmm. When they hand you a contract and say, hey, welcome to IndyCar. You're going to be driving this car. Welcome aboard. You're not going to say, well, I, I think I, I'll take that, but I, I don't want to race Texas. Or <laughs> I don't want to race Indianapolis. I don't want a chance at the 500. It's too <laughs> dangerous. You're going to say, absolutely. You're going to throw caution into the wind and say, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, and what happens happens. I mean, one could one could possibly say NASCAR Pocono is too dangerous. We've seen That's Jeff true. Gordon wreck hard. We've seen Jimmy Johnson hit hard, and I dare say that wreck at Pocono, Elliot Sadler changed his whole career. Yeah, I mean, after Dover, he went to Pocono, brake failure, hit the wall, didn't win again in NASCAR. Twenty sixteen, Elliot Sadler wreck at Pocono. Steve Parks wreck at Oak Pocono. Ken Schrader's wreck of Pocono where he hit the wall, flipped, and caught on fire. Mm-hmm. You could take Davey Allison's wreck of Pocono. I, I'm not picking on Pocono Raceway by any means right here, but at the same time, you could go to any racetrack. Yeah, and, you're right. Bristol. Oh, remember when Michael Waltrip hit the wall and his car split in half? Oh, that shouldn't happen. We shouldn't race at Bristol anymore, though, because it's too dangerous. <laughs> Daytona. Dale Earnhardt died. We shouldn't race at Daytona anymore. Talladega. Oh, man, you know, somebody flipped once. To me, it's not a safety issue. To me, it's a IndyCar CYA thing. That's 100% what it is. So they said, okay, this is dangerous. We're going to put them on road courses where they only hit 150 tops in 20 turns. And people like me go, this is stupid. But people like you go, oh, boy, more road courses. Oh, I love the road courses. I just think they're challenging. That's yeah, so they're challenging, but at the same time, Texas, I'm sure, was challenging for everybody there. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, in a different it's way, it's just the top teams probably just show out a little bit better because it's just whoever can get more speed out of the car. That's all. It and might have been fl- put the 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 pedals on the floor, and that's it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Always got speed. I mean, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a great race. It just, I don't know. It just seems a little dangerous. But like you said, it, motorsports are dangerous in general. Yeah. yeah, it's just the risk you take, and but I get that. Don't pitch in baseball because the ball might come back and hit you in the face. It's true. Don't play hockey; you might lose a tooth, or get knocked out, or get knocked out. I mean, there's so many things you could say about that. I, to me, put it on your big boy pants and race on high speed ovals. Okay. And if you don't want to, I'm sure there are tons, tons of other guys who are willing to go. I'll give it a go. That's true. You're right. I mean, that's just me. That, that's you. That's you'd, just me. You'd, you'd, you'd give it a go. I know you would. I, I'd give it a go. Heck yeah. <laughs> 230. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love it. I would salivate at the opportunity to do that. Anything else about that? No. Okay. No. And we're going to beat the dead horse. I think I won the debate. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Wet weather package for, I got to bring this up to you. NASCAR at short tracks have a wet weather package. Qualifying gets rain. <laughs> Qualifying gets rained out. Explain oh. that one to me. Please explain that one. Even my uncle texted me and said, so what's the deal with the wet weather package? And then I had to look it up, and I think I got it right here. Let me bring it up here. I was ill-prepared for this, but I'll bring it up here. The, the, here's what it says about the wet weather package. This helps ensure that package helps ensure speeds 
stay manageable during sort of any uh, any sort of adverse weather conditions at on track. It is also worth noting the package isn't designed entirely to eliminate the possibility of rain delays. Standing water of any sort is still too risky for all drivers and may require officials to take actions. That being said, wet weather, wet oval packages should help drivers get back on the track sooner than they could before. And that's good for fans and broadcasters alike. And he, he said, quote, I, I actually said, I think it's only for quick showers, not a downpour resulting in standing water. Or maybe towards the end of them trying to track, they could say, okay, it's dry enough to cars will dry out the rest. Then he said, so it's not a rain package. It's a drizzle package. And I, I said, for lack of better words, yes. Uh, okay, all right. No. Okay, so please. I'll say en- this. Enlighten I, me. I'll say this. Okay, so for... <laughs> This is, uh, I'm getting, I'm cracking up because I didn't even think of it like this. You say that, and I didn't even think, why didn't they even use it for qualifying? Why not? It, it was wasn't the- actively raining. It had rained in the morning. The track was wet. Xfinity didn't go out and practice, or Cup didn't. I don't know if Cup had practice. I really don't care because at this point, it's just a shock that anybody gets any kind of practice at any kind of track that we go to on the schedule. If NASCAR's got this wet weather package if the track wasn't completely wet i mean they'd already been working on it when they said oh we're canceling xfinity qualifying but the dryers are out there doing their thing okay if they got it semi-dried why didn't they just send cars out on track you know that's that's a great that's a really good question why we should ask nascar why don't they just do that then why not give it a shot what are they going to come back and say oh well uh, then, then, then we run to the problem of some guys qualifying up, qualifying up front that probably wouldn't qualify up front, and then they would hold up the field. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, hypothetical. Who knows? Who cares? But at the same time, but you, you are right. Why do we even have it if we can't even use it? Why? That would be a good time to try it out. Qualifying. Right. Hello. It, it makes no sense to me that NASCAR says, "I got an idea. I got an idea, guys. Listen, listen, sh- listen. I got an idea. Short tracks." are about the same speed. We, we could get away with rain tires at short tracks because of their low, lower speeds and lower banking. So Martinsville, Richmond, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Bristol, not Bristol. Yeah, we could do it at Richmond. And then once it comes to that opportunity to do it, I'm too scared. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I, how are you going to pansy out of that? It seems like it's just like... It, to me, it's a, it's a missed opportunity for NASCAR to try out this wet weather package on the oval for qualifying. And it wasn't uh, even they, during they, the race. I'm, I don't know if the teams have any input or not, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure I, it I haven't come seen, back. I didn't see anything on social media. No outrage on social media regarding this. Well, I don't know if you did. teams would probably be like, oh, well, that's good because we don't want to wreck a car in qualifying. You don't want that one person to go out and absolutely wreck it by you know and then we just say oh um never maybe never mind maybe qualifying is a bad idea well do you I mean, remember- have they tested it out though in general they have tested it out i believe it was at martinsville and it was kyle larson they that they put some water on the track it wasn't a whole lot they damped the track mm-hmm. and they had kyle larson run out there and run laps so what so, okay so here's my thing so if, it if- has been tested and it is on the cars because the cars have windshield wipers and they have the stupid and they have the mud, mud and the they have flaps. the mud flaps so they have the technology and the rule package on the car just for this type of situation that came up. 
at Richmond. Yet somebody said this isn't a good idea. I just I, I need to know where. So when is it going to be a good idea in general? Like, are Never they just going to one day race during the race and it starts raining and they say, you know what? Oh, this might be a good time to try it out now in a race, and then all the field goes off into one and everybody wrecks. It doesn't make any sense. Oh no, hey, it doesn't make any hey, sense. Hey, we have. A rain package. We have rain tires, but oh yeah, by the way, it's the same short track package, so there's lower downforce. So you're probably gonna be sliding around a little bit more. Uh, hello, uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I to, don't. To, I don't get it. To I don't, me, it was a waste. You, you bring it up, and now I'm like, um, I don't really understand. Why that. have a wet weather package if you're not gonna use it? I, I don't Even, know. Especially when it says right here, this is good for brands and uh, fans and broadcasters alike. What? You, you tune in, it's like, oh, it's raining. And if you know anything about NASCAR rules, you're going to say, oh, they have to have wet weather package. Oh, this is going to be good qualifying. Oh, qualifying's got rained out. Please enjoy this documentary on Daytona. And we'll get back to you to see if we could get qualifying in. Yeah, I'm switching the channel. That's what I did. It's like, oh, oh switch the channel. Who cares? At that point, Preston, why even have it on there? Scrap it. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. I... That's just you me. brought it up, and I'm just I'm still kind of like you caught me off guard with that one. It's pretty good because when well, it got rained well, out, I didn't even think about it. Well, it was in the show notes. No, no, but, but I'm talking about you brought it up because I, me as a NASCAR, someone that's been watching NASCAR for the longest time knows that I see rain. I don't immediately think of a wet weather package because they don't really touch on it that much. Oh, cool! They tested out one driver. I don't see anything else about it half the time. They never say anything. They never put it out there. So as a NASCAR fan, an older school NASCAR fan, I can't say old school because I'm only 30 years old, but as somebody that's been watching it, you know, from the late 90s, aside from fans that may have been watching for four or five years now, when you see rain on TV, you automatically think, oh, well, we're not racing today, or well, we might race at some point. I'm just going to flip the channel. Yep. I, that, my mind didn't go to that when I'm watching qualifying on Saturday morning going, oh, well, what about the wet weather package? I yep. was just like, oh, my immediate thought was, oh, okay, well, I guess we're getting rained out for the day. Whatever, cool. It happens. They just don't touch on it. Yeah, so I know. That's, that's just that's where all my you, mind went. That's all, you, that's all you could do is this. Mm. I don't know mm -hmm. because they don't say anything about it. Right. Oh. So that was my two cents on that. Okay, one more topic before we head into this weekend's preview for the Bristol Dirt Race. And it has to do with Ferrari. More specifically, Charles Leclerc. If you're Ferrari, if you're the team principal, if you're the owner of that team, are you thinking at this point in the season, and it's too early, I feel like it might be too early, but at the same time, it's Ferrari. And if I was them, I'd be thinking this. Charles Leclerc isn't running well. Tenth in points. Lucky to finish a race. Lucky to finish in the points. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking, is he a good fit for a Ferrari? Is he going to be here in 2024? Who, I'm not saying hypothetically pick who you would pick to replace him, but are you are those thoughts in your head if you're Ferrari? Uh, uh, not not yet. I mean, I think he like I, like I alluded before. I think Ferrari just runs into bad luck per se. Now I, I've this seen weekend, Charles, I, I've seen drivers go down for less. I think Charles could probably be at fault for this weekend. He might have thought that maybe Lance Stroll was going to back out. I mean, he did try to. He might have been running a regular line into that corner, but 
He probably thought maybe Lance was going to back out because I think there was almost it was pretty much a three wide instance going through the corner. Mm-hmm. He probably thought that maybe Lance was going to back out, and, but at the same time, it's kind of it falls on responsibility of I. You know what? Lance probably thought that he was ahead anyways. I mean, Leclerc did take a different angle into the corner. And all of a sudden, he's there. I mean, there's nothing you can do. What are you can do? Try and back out of the last second. I mean, Leclerc did kind of come across him. So, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where. Like in Formula One, those kind of incidents happen a lot on the first lap. There's a lot of close racing. Right. And of course, in Formula One, you get in stuck in the rocks, the sand, you're beached, and uh, that's it. You're uh, done. The kitty litter. Come on. Whatever. You know, they like to say they beached the car. Yeah, so. I hear that. <laughs> I Should, was like, I was again. That. Uh, so you say no, there's no I, chance not, of. Not yet. I mean, he may be at fault this weekend. To me, I'm already saying, I'm already looking at other drivers going, would he be a good fit in Ferrari? Charles is a great driver. I'm not taking away his driving skill. That's not what I'm saying. He's not performing. And Scuderia Ferrari, based on the history of that team, based on everything, will get a winning driver in there to ensure that they have the best possible chance to score podiums, get wins, Get constructors championships and drivers championships. Oh well, if you get it, you get it. It's all about the constructors championship, really. Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> no, I. Uh, we'll do that in our midseason <laughs> review here because I feel like may, people want Ricardo back. He's a good driver. He is, but to your point, so was Leclerc. So was Leclerc. Yeah. So was technically Mick Schumacher. Uh, yeah, not quite yet. Uh, he just. Yeah. You know what? We'll wait and see what happens we'll, in the next race because we'll, we have like a month off now. So yeah, I know that's kind of it's unfortunate kind of for NASCAR or for Formula One right there. That is going to be missed for a little bit there, but it will, I think it'll pick back up here. Once it picks up here in the summertime, it's going to pick back up yeah. fast. Anything else regarding this past weekend? Trucks, Xfinity Cup, Indy, or Formula One? Um. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh. so I'm going to okay. bring this up, and I just thought, I just thought about it. The Xfinity race, and this is. I don't know if you paid attention to this or not. Josh Berry was leading with like 31 laps to go. All of a sudden, hey, that 51 car is slow. Jeremy Clements. Oh, I don't think he's got any power. Somehow made it back to pit road. Stalls halfway down pit road. He just, he didn't have any power. The car wasn't going anywhere. The engine was, I don't know what happened. The electrical issue couldn't go. All of a sudden, car finally comes to a stop on pit road. On pit road. In the middle of pit road. I'm not talking at the start of pit road. He's already in pit road. Probably. I think he's past the start finish line. You know, start finish line is a little bit off of turn four. Just sitting in the middle of pit road. Caution. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Why are we throwing a caution for a car that's stuck on pit road? They get, Nobody can come out there and push the car? Why do we have to throw a caution for that? Josh Berry's in the lead. Justin Allgaier just used his last set of tires, and he's blazing his way through the field. And they're like, oh, man, this is going to be great. This is going to be close. Allgaier might get a top 10, maybe even a top 5 if we run this thing all the way green. Oh, well, never mind. We got a caution. There's a car stuck on pit road. A pit road that, mind you, has got a wall separating it from the track. It does, yep. Nobody's coming down pit road. You can't just bring a wrecker out there real quick and just push him to the garage area real quick. It's not impeding anybody. But all of a sudden, oh, no, there, there's got to be a caution for that. They I, couldn't throw the caution 
for him going slow on the track, you should have seen how slow he was going down the backstretch. Yeah. He made it to the commitment line. And I mean, boy, he was creeping. He looked like a snail. And I was like, oh, man, that's pretty interesting. Right. Got to pit road. Not a big deal. I'm like, okay, cool. That's that's fine. Not a big deal. And then, of course, you know, the I can't remember who was. I know Adam Alexander and um, I think Joey. Um, I don't know. Kevin Harvick was in the booth. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It's kind of lame when you bring drivers in. It's just not that cool. That's just my perspective. But all of a sudden, someone says it. Oh, well, you know, that car, that 51 car is on pit road. But got to be careful here. Maybe a caution might come out. And then what do you know? A caution comes out. I'm just like, what? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not seeing it from NASCAR's point of view as maybe as a safety deal. I, I, I will see it like that because I will bring up this incident. When we were at Talladega, me, us being Charlie, Austin, and myself went to Talladega this past October. Hemrick stalled on pit road. But that's a pit road that has no wall. I, I get that, but it's still pit road. <sighs> and a caution still came out, causing a green-white checkered. To me, I noticed it. But he was out of the way. But he was still in the car. I could see it from NASCAR's point of view where it's like, that's impeding pit road. What if he's leaking something? Who knows? I didn't see any fluid being I mean, that, That's not the point. Better to be safe than sorry. But why can't, but nobody can come, they can't allow the people to come out there and push the car? Because I know when I, I was doing photography stuff, whoever could go on pit road and not is, as far as the actual hot racetrack, not in pit lane, but on pit road itself. I mean, we we were given strict instructions: do not go on that racetrack. Do not. And obviously, we say that because somebody did it. Or NASCAR told us these rules that NASCAR, that somebody did it. But don't go on the pit road under a hot track. Don't go onto the racetrack. You know, I mean, and you saw where I was at. It's a small little space, but still, I got hit with debris mm-hmm. all the time. I think it's more of a safety thing. It is one of those things where it's like, I'm going to go back on my notes here. That's racing. I don't know. I, 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 I can see your point. I, can, I just can't see it because, I mean, you can't have somebody come push the car to the garage area. I mean, I don't know where he was parked. I don't know where the entrance to the garage was on pit road. I just know that he was parked almost kind of like maybe halfway down the right. road. He's finally, the car just finally stopped. But, I mean, I mean, so I mean, if NASCAR wants to, you know, at me and say, "Oh, it's a safety issue," then I'll just be like, "Okay, if it's a safety issue, then what about the pit crew members that are working on cars when we have about thirty freaking cars rolling down pit road and someone gets hit?" Right. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to compare it to back in the day when cars would stall in the pit lane and you got pit crew members running down pit road and backing cars up on a live pit road during live pit stops, pushing the car back no. and then trying to push it back again. No, push I'm with you. It. I just, I, I just, to me, I don't understand it. And I really, I, I hate bringing it up. And I really think it's just a NASCAR thing where they're like, oh, this is our, this is, this is it. We can create excitement. Throw the caution. Oh, so you're looking at it as more of an excuse to throw a caution that bunch yes, up the field. Yes, that's and, what it is. Okay. You should, he, there's nothing wrong. Nothing's happening. Nobody's going to have live pit stops because they're like, everybody's going to go to the end. But then when that caution comes out, guess what? Oh, hey, guess what? Everybody's coming in and put tires on now. We can put everybody can put tires on, and we can have a great exciting finish. And then what happens? The next restart happens, and then Brandon Jones and Riley Herbst are wrecking, and then you hear, "Well, cautions breed cautions." Oh, here we go with that stupid freaking saying. Well, let me ask you this then: If that would have happened, not with thirty-one to go, 
But with 131 to go, would you be in this much of an uproar? Heck, absolutely. It's stupid. Okay. <laughs> it's a stupid idea. It's a, it's dumb. If if there's a way to push the car out of the way, it, it, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. NASCAR does their weird things differently. I guess, I mean, they must really look at different safety issues and stuff right. like that. I mean, F1, you got guys that crash on track and get out of their car under a safety car happening, and cars are just driving by them. They don't care. And NASCAR is like, oh, well, you know, if you get out of your car too fast, we're probably going to find you and take some points from you. I don't know. People do it differently. But I just saw it as a car is sitting on pit road. We have a wall keeping pit road from the live track. 31 to go. Josh Berry's in the lead. Oh, we're going to throw that caution. Okay. I don't know. Just, All right. Fair enough. That just bugged me. And I was just like, oh, I just I was like, man, you know, Josh Berry could buy out of win. We could have seen Allgaier charge his way through the field. And guess what? Allgaier was. And because he was on newer tires than half, the, almost all the field. But then you have a caution. The field comes in and puts all fresh tires on. And guess where Allgaier finishes 13th? We would have never seen him probably get a top five. I don't know, Preston. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm in one of those moods, man. I just, it just irked me. I, I, I went back and I watched... The, well, what, the race what, replay again. What, I was just like, what about NASCAR doesn't irk you? What about NASCAR's decision doesn't irk you these days? I don't, I don't think I there, don't there hasn't been one decision NASCAR has made. And, and be all fair, I, I'm fairly critical of them as well because I want to see them succeed. I want to see them do well. But there's no decision NASCAR could do, I feel, to make, you, to make Preston Lude happy. I just, I, I don't know. I just, that I feel like, I feel like it's justified for me to be upset about it. I just don't see how okay. they can't bring a record on pit road just to push him. It could have been 15 feet, wherever the garage entrance is, to put it behind the wall. Right. I mean, if nobody's going to, if you don't think anybody's going to be coming down pit road, why don't you just send that record out real quick? Right. It's not like it's anybody's going to come flying down pit road crashing or something like that. You know, it's, it's just Richmond, dude. I don't know. Okay, you never know. Okay. Anything, no, anything no, else no, regarding this past week, Greece week? Okay. Bristol dirt coming up this week in Preston. Start off with this. Does NASCAR still need a dirt race <sighs> in its schedule? Oh, oh, we're probably going to oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh no. no. Okay. Oh. I, I mean, I'll go ahead and start off with this because yeah, I, I think you're going to you. be. I want to hear yours. I'm going to say no because I think what NASCAR could do now is substitute that race for another race if it's not drawing in a lot of fans. Or do what they did in the past and have Easter week in Hoff and just take Bristol off the schedule for a while. Now, I will say this. The, these short tracks, and, and this goes into my second question, but I'm going to say it right now. Instead of having them during the day, like the Bristol dirt race was, or the Bristol spring race was during the day, and the Bristol night races, of course, at night, the Sharpie 500, NRA 500, whatever it is at that point. Richmond was at night. Martinsville's now at night. We have a lot of these short tracks at night. Phoenix could be raced at night. Instead of running them during the day, I think it'd be making more exciting if you run any race at night is exciting, more exciting in my opinion, mm -hmm. but especially short track racing. If they just, instead of putting dirt on it right away and say, we're going to go dirt racing at Bristol in cup cars. Yay. And it was a complete disaster the first year. Last year was a very good race. I will say that. This is going to be the rubber match, I feel, whether it stays or goes, that if you just race it at night, whether it's on dirt or on asphalt, people will come more so in droves to see that race. The, the Bristol night race is a packed race. I'm not saying it's sold out. 
But when every for the three years I was there consecutively, there was always everybody there. I, the place was packed. Martinsville, it was a packed racetrack at night. Richmond, I don't know why they race it during the day. Race it at night. Mm-hmm. Texas, even. Any tracks that have lights, race it at night. Yeah. Why race it during the day in the, under the heat of the sun? People get sunburned. I don't want to get sunburned, but that's just me. That's the secret to bringing short track racing back to great status, from mediocre to great status, run it at night. But to me, no. Bristol Dirt Race does not need to be on the schedule anymore. I'll give it this weekend. Yeah, this, times this, the charm, this is the rubber or match. Like you say, this is going to be the rubber match. I'll give it this weekend. I know they don't... doesn't really seem like there's a lot of people that show up anyways. First of all, they're running at the main race, or I don't know how they're going to... how they're doing it. The, race is gonna, the main race is going to be run at like 7.30 at night on Easter Sunday. I don't know a lot of people that have the next day off from Easter unless people are taking the day off. Why are we still doing this if nobody's really showing up to this race? Why are we even doing it at nighttime on Easter? How come they didn't just say, hey, we're going to run a Saturday night instead, the day before Easter? Yeah, why Everyone not? could be home for Easter because not many people are probably going to want to go out anyways. People like to spend Easter with their family. Yeah, why not run night races at on Saturday night like it was back in the day? Yeah. If, you, uh, you why, why, here's an idea. How about we do a doubleheader? Trucks and cup on Saturday. The trucks are racing in the afternoon. The cup can race on su- Saturday night. And everyone goes home happy because everyone gets to go home to their families on Easter. Right. Hello. Okay. I don't know. I, just, I, I, I don't think we need to race on dirt. I will... If NASCAR wants to explore a different track, maybe the one that is an actual true dirt track, I'll entertain the idea. Yeah. But Bristol dirt is just a stupid idea. No, it's, it's, it's not it's, fun. I gave it a chance the first time around when it showed up. I was like, okay, this might be fun to watch. And I was like, eh, it doesn't really, I mean, it's kind of a big track. Yeah, for, for a dirt race. Dirt. Like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, what could Bristol possibly be spending to bring all that dirt in? Now, granted, it's there for like a month because they race other races there. They have other right. dirt then, series that come through and race. And but then when it's done, they just pack it up and put it off 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 site. Yeah, I just, I mean, they got to be spending a lot of money to bring it in, and then they probably thought the payoff was going to be big. Oh, this is going to bring in a lot of people. Mm. Eh. Nah, eh, not really. Not so really. I'd say, what, what was you uh, dirt race? Uh, I'm going to say no. No, no I'm, no, I'm going to agree no. with you no. there. I think I'm, I'm going to be the dead horse if no. I, I keep going down that road and, again, have short track racing at night. Yeah. On Saturday night, you'll see a dramatic improvement in the overall Weren't quality. both Richmond races used to be at yeah. night? Yeah. I don't know why. They were fun races back in the day. I used to really want to go to Richmond, and now I don't because it's run during the day, and I don't want to be out there under the sun. <laughs> That's, That's a good point. That's just me. I don't want to be under any fracture. Talladega was miserable for me because I was out in the sun all day. Ugh. You know, at least for the Roval, when we went to the Roval, remember we the sun set behind us to where, okay, we have some break from the sun. Yeah, yeah that's right. But even then, I mean, run the Roval at night. Run road courses at night. Well, yeah, you could do that. You could run some road, road courses. courses. Yeah. I mean, the Roval, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Run them at night. I think that would bring up attendance right there. I'm Matt Beamer. Vote for me for president for NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes without saying. I think I do a better job than some people 
that were in that seat. Anything else about the Bristol Dirt Races? No. no All right, no. start times. It's only truck and cup this weekend for the Bristol Dirt Race Cup Series will be Sunday, April 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. Trucks will be the day before, April 8th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. Race winners for that race. And we're going to start off with the Cup Series. Preston, who do you got winning the Cup Series race? Bristol Dirt Race. I mulled over the decision between two drivers. I wanted to pick Kyle Busch, defending race winner. Okay. I'm going Tyler Reddick. Uh, good thing I have a backup here. Seventh and second in both races. Yep. He finished second last year. so Yeah, he, he did. He had a little run-in with Chase Briscoe there at the end. Took him out of contention, but still finished second. Looked like he was going to win it. Good thing I have a backup here. He won in the truck series. The inaugural race, I believe. Truex gets it done there at the Ooh. Bristol Dirt Race. And I, did, I, I do forget about that. Yep. Really now, I, that. for the truck series race, I'm going to say this right now. I don't like the fact McDonald's racing it. I don't like the fact Briscoe's racing it. We saw this last year because Stuart Friesen's wife is racing in it again or attempting to qualify for it. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So yes, if she is. gets knocked out because of a cup driver, I'm going to be pissed. Again, I'm going to be pissed about this because I would want to see them to kind of get into each other and get mad at each other and, enjoy, <laughs> and just be a fly on the wall for that <laughs> transport ride home. But I'm going to say, but again, listen to any episode from one from this episode all the way back to episode one and cups series drivers and lower divisions not a big fan of especially last week who do you got for the truck series carson hosevar ah got his first victory there at texas though be it leading one lap though be it a controversial finish but i think we didn't really cover that but i I think it was he was in the right place at the right time yeah second he finished second last year at bristol dirt okay I'm going to go for the Thor Motorsports driver, 99, Ben Rhodes. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. If you do ask me myself, I think he's got everything he needs in order to win that Bristol Dirt race there coming up here Easter Sunday. And now about wrap it up. We got our final thoughts coming up. Preston, anything else before we get into our final thoughts? Nope. I'm curious to see what the fantasy standings look like. Oh, me too. I actually did them. I actually ah, did yes. my fantasy standings, and I didn't check them. Throughout the course of the race, but I feel like I did well. I feel like I'm not last anymore. I guess we'll have to find out. We'll find out here after this break. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite driver's T-shirts, hoodies, Hats, die cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there, as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well. One-stop shop for everything you need, any type of sport you need. Links can be found under the Sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com, as well as the under the podcast description and YouTube description, depending on whether you're watching or listening to Ramblin' About Racing. Head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season.
White flag, white flag. White flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. Final thoughts on this week's episode of Ramblin' About Racing. Again, if you made it to this part of the episode, whether you're on YouTube or your regular podcast platform, really do appreciate you sticking the sticking it out and listening to Preston and I ramble about racing. If you have any comments whatsoever, make sure to leave them in the comments below or use hashtag what you think on what you think ITM on all social media platforms. Preston, this week in NASCAR and fantasy standings here. Hopefully I did better. Like we talked about before we go, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, oh, did you want to know how you finished this past weekend, or you just want to know where you're at? Let, okay, we'll, we'll start we'll start it off like this. Where did I finish out of, I think we're in 14 people. Where did I finish out of 14 people? Let's see. Uh, oh, boy, I finished 10th this past weekend. You didn't. You were having a good run at first. Hey, you finished 5th this past weekend. Look at that. Top five. Already making progress. There I think. That's okay. good. That's now, good. Now, overall league standings here for rambling about racing's fantasy league for a $200 Amazon gift card by the end of the season. If you haven't entered in by now, you might be out of luck for this season, but there's always next season. That's right. That's true. All right. So, fantasy standings, Preston, go ahead and take them away. All right, well, leading it off, bringing up the rear of the field in 14th is, well, you still. Still? At e- that, yes, 1,001 wait, points. Wait, even after a top five finish, yes, I'm still even, last? Yes. Okay, 1,001 point? Yes, 1,001. Who's, who's ahead of me? Sissy K is ahead of you in 13th with 1,004 points. <gasps> You're close. I'm you, so you're close. Gonna of, I'm so you're close. You're going to get out of the bottom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of the bottom. I feel like I'm climbing the ladder right now. Okay, go ahead. Uh, TS Promo D is sitting 12th, 1,040. Grocery Getter 6 sits 11th, 1,041. Super Sumo, Super Sumo, excuse me, 32, sits 10th with 1,046. B None 3 is sitting 9th with 1,050. Charlie sits 8th, 1,075. Smoke and Woody sits 7th at 1,082. Yours truly, myself, I sit 6th now. I've moved up a little bit. 1,084. Sports Stove Sits fifth with a thousand, one thousand one hundred twenty-seven. Excuse me. S Blades is sitting fourth with one thousand one hundred sixty-four. Money Team Moon Rovers is no longer in the lead. Sits third. That's my brother. One thousand one hundred ninety-seven. Matt Camper is second with one thousand two hundred one. And sitting first, DraftKings Research lineup at a thousand two hundred twenty-three points. And I found out something this past weekend. What's that? As to who the DraftKings. Research lineup is. Who is that? It's Maples. Maples is in the league. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't know it until uh, so, so a few days ago. So Maples. And he says, I, I was actually in an Xbox party with him. And he goes, huh, well, let me go ahead and check my fantasy, my fantasy for NASCAR. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. What kind of fantasy league are you in? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm in your guys still. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, oh, yeah, DraftKings research lineup. Yeah, that's me. Because so, he plays DraftKings. So wait a minute. Let me let me ask you this. He he doesn't want to follow us on social media. <laughs> he doesn't want to do anything like that. But he's more than willing to come in here, two time champion by the way, <laughs> and take our money. That's exactly what he wants. He doesn't want anything else but to take our money. Oh man, I couldn't believe it. Wow. Okay. Well, shout out to Maples. Good job, buddy. And yeah. Okay. Well, 
that's interesting news. I'm glad you discovered that one. Yeah. But how many how many points does he have again? Uh, one thousand two hundred twenty-seven. I think it was. So one thousand two hundred and twenty-seven. That means I'm only one thousand. I'm only two hundred and twenty-six points out of the lead. Uh, one thousand two hundred twenty-three. Excuse me. One thousand two or two hundred and twenty-two points out of the lead. There you go. So I mean, the glass is half full. If you ask still me, time. there's still plenty of time. We got a lot of racing left. We still got Darlington, Bristol Dirt, Daytona, Talladega, Martinsville. Got a whole lot of racing to do. Speaking of Darlington, that's the location of this week in NASCAR, April 7th, 1991. I bet you were just a wee lad in 1991, weren't you? No. How I wasn't old? born yet. You weren't born in, oh my goodness gracious. 1992. You were born, okay, so this is a year before you were born. Yes. I was... Or five years old when this happened. Never even heard of NASCAR, but it's interesting tidbit in NASCAR history, if you ask me. Talking about the Lady in Black, Black Darlington Raceway, a couple hours up the road from us. April 7th, 1991, Michael Waltrip leads most of the way, but Ricky Rudd comes out the victor in Darlington's Trans-South 500. Michael Waltrip falls to third following a miscue on a pit road, and that happened April 7th. 1991 in Preston. I find it fitting here that this is your fourth time back and you did read us in. You did do the intro. A little bit, yeah. You did a great job on the intro that you take us out on this week's episode 167 of Rambling About Racing. You think that's a good idea? I think it's a great idea, Preston. You may have to help me along. I'm going to help you along. I, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. We'll do this. You just, you started off. And you read the sponsors out, and I'll just finish it up. Okay. Right. Okay, yeah, buddy. So we'll throw it over to you, bud. All right. Getting ready to do the outro. You, you have Okay, well, I'll, I'll do this then. Do you have anything else before we wrap it up here? No, I don't. All right, well, then, Preston, go ahead and start taking us out here on this episode. All right, Matt, I guess we're just going to wrap it up here then. Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up, Preston. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to another great episode of Rambling About Racing, whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or you're just tuning in on YouTube. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Devos Outdoor Lighting, Extreme Sim Racing, Fanatics, and Stand Up to Cancer for all they do for Rambling About Racing and for Belly Up Sports. All right, Preston. Well, thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Make sure to follow Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest world of auto racing and what's going on in our lives as well. As well, I should say, all those could be found at ramblingaboutracing.com. For Preston Lude, P underscore Luda, I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 both of those on Twitter. Happy Easter, be safe, and we'll see you after the Bristol Dirt Races this weekend. Have a good weekend, everybody.